Welcome to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything quiz bowl related. Whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve, we can help you get better. I'm your host, Ken Romeo, and with me as always is my co-coach, Andrew Turiago. Mr. T, how you doing, man? Very good, Ken. Uh, I'm very excited to be here on our first episode of the podcast. It's been a long time coming. It really has. Uh, you know, Quiz Bowl is something I know I can talk people's ears off and have on a few occasions. And so I figured, let's actually try to do something productive with that. We'll, we'll weaponize it. Excellent. So let's dive in and take a look at some scores from some recent tournaments. It's time to take a look around the country and dive into the tournament results that have been posted. So the first tournament we're going to look at is the Junior Wildcat 10 in Illinois. This was Saturday, March 9th at Northwestern University using MS-29. Now the winning team of that tournament was Quest Academy with 520 points per game and 24.3 points per bonus. Very impressive. Their highest scorer was Rohan Ganeshan with 148 points per game in the prelims, 95 points per game in the playoffs, and he got even better in the finals, Ken, 110 points per game in yeah, the finals. Yeah, th- those finals were against former champs Barrington Station A, and they won 385-380, so nice job from Lisa Groh and her uh, her Quest Academy. Thurgood Marshall takes third, and... Aptikisik, another former national champion from nineteen or from two thousand seventeen, finished fifth. They went six and two. Uh, how about this though, Andrew? Roland Ganeshin's line versus St. John Fisher D in round three. Ten powers, seven toss ups, no negs, two hundred twenty points. Incredible. Very yeah, impressive. Really though. All right, over to the Moberly Young Scholars Tournament, the Mist in Missouri, which was the same day at Moberly High School. They used MS-28. The winning team was Columbia Independent A, which went 9-0 and for a clean finish, uh, 544 points per game. This tournament didn't use Negsken, so uh, the score could be a little different there, but 21.43 points per bonus, very nice. Uh, the coach of the winning team was Lisa McCleary, which won Missouri's Class 1 Coach of the Year last year. Nice job, Lisa. Uh, and their highest score was Yogev Angelovici uh, on Columbia Independent B, actually, not even their A team, with 108.33 points per game. Over in Delaware on Saturday, the Charter Challenge at the School of Wilmington, uh, MS30, we had, uh, we had a, a crazy final. Yeah. Uh, their high scorer was Andrew Shee from Cooper Middle School with 163.12 points per game. Uh, and the winning team was Cooper Middle School, as you said, uh, the coach of the winning team. Uh, it was Ren Shee. So that final featured Cooper versus Cab Calloway School of the Arts. And what made it so interesting was that you're, you're thinking a strong team against a strong team. No, this was one versus one in the final. This was Andrew Shee from Cooper versus Jeremiah Rabin. From Cab Calloway. Final score, Cooper 505, Cab Calloway 160. And in that match, Andrew was 6, 8, and 1. Six powers, eight toss-ups, and a neg for 165 points. I think that was actually the plot of Terminator 2. Uh, two single players meeting in the finals. Uh, we call those players that play alone and do excellently Terminators right. because they're a fearsome force. Uh, other notables from that tournament were Independence A, uh, Coach Tina Palmer. Uh, always a fantastic coach. She went 6-2 and two with 388 points per game, 21.9 points for bonus. Independence B, their B team, also went 6-2. and two, so Really nice, nice job. Yeah, nice job from them. Uh, other recent results, Middlebrook from Connecticut tops Briarcliff in the finals to win the New Jersey States. 
Kind of strange, a team from Connecticut winning the New Jersey States, but I digress. It's the second straight tournament win for Middlebrook after winning the AMSA Middle School Tournament in Massachusetts. The Pleasanton Scholars win the Sacramento Nationals Prep. Wayzata Central A runs the table to win the Emerald in Minnesota. And Tuscumbia takes their winter middle school tournament. Now, Ken, is the Middlebrook team just It is just Lucas. It's just Lucas Kostukas. So uh, the rise of the Terminators. Here another we Terminator go. to look out for. So if you're new to Quiz Bowl, you may be wondering, what's the deal with Middlesex Middle School? Uh, I think there's a, a clip that for me really shows uh, the reason why we're doing this podcast. And uh, if you don't mind, Ken, I'd like to play it for you. Go right ahead. Toss up 24. This man defeated Dennis Darius to conquer the Lombard people. His kingdom... Correct for power. Ken's getting a little, uh, little wet-eyed over here. A little might be something in my eye. Yeah, can you tell us a little about what that clip means to you, Ken? So that moment easily is the greatest moment of my professional career. You know, there's nothing that'll take the place of when you get married and when your kids are born. But as far as your professional career goes. That was the pinnacle. I hope to get back there again, but the fact that that happened always comes to mind and brings a smile to my face. So our topic of the day is appropriately winning nationals. Hopefully uh, you uh, maybe are a coach, you are a player, uh, have an aspiration to one day win the nationals of Quiz Bowl as our team was very fortunate to back in 2016. 2016. So, uh, would you, and you, you're given a pass, Andrew, for not knowing that because you didn't join our program until two years after that. That's so. true. I was not there. Right. So I've always wondered about this. I'm, I'm really getting the, the backstory here. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that A team, Ken? Our A team is the, the team that is really your star players that they lead off. Right. So, that team, which has really been just a gold standard in my mind, the, the four players who were up there. Uh, when we answered toss of 24 was led by our captain Maya Nalawade uh, who was an 8th grader they're all 8th graders so it was John Phipps Rhea Krishnan and Grace Hand and we had three captains that year really John, Maya and Rhea who each brought their own strengths to the table um, but if there's one thing that just defined all of them was just their work ethic they worked harder than anybody no matter what I gave them or Barbara Ivy our other coach gave them they just absorbed like a, st- a sponge and wanted more. Um, they were a, they were like a thoroughbred horse. You know, you just they just were born to do this, and they were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you said that they had lost in the semifinals the year before. Yeah. So when we were in Dallas in 2015, we were in the semis against Keeling, one of the other real blue blood programs in the country, and it was a close. Close match. They were really five teams that year that could have been national champions. Keeling obviously was one of them, and I thought we were two. And we played them in the semifinals, and it was a close match. Um, a couple of couple of times we rang in, and, and an answer was on the tip of our tongue. We couldn't get it out. Keeling ended up stealing it and winning a game um, that they deserved to win and a championship they deserved to win. I don't want to take anything away from them. But I remember talking to... John and Maya, who were on that team, and uh, and telling them something that Coach Price from Darrington Station told me 
years before about one of his players who also came close said, remember this feeling when you start practicing again and never, ever get this feeling again. Do it whatever you can to make sure you never feel this way again. And to their credit, they did. They they worked so hard over the summer. They worked hard starting in August and uh, and all through the school year. You know, we, we practiced so hard that year, um, easily, every morning and every afternoon. We practiced twice a day uh, and sometimes on the weekend. Yeah, you told me uh, a notable thing there was you practice on Fridays, which... We don't practice on Fridays anymore, and that has a lot to do with the fact that I have two kids at home and a, a wife who looks forward to seeing me come home earlier on Fridays. Yeah, so... You know, any other team that wants to steal our technology and start practicing on Fridays, it's right there. Uh, would you mind running down a little bit of uh, what do you feel like that team was was good at? You know, everything is a, a low, low-hanging fruit right, answer. Right, right, right. But, but honestly, you know, when you're constructing an A-team, you want your team to be diverse. You want specialists. And... John was the ultimate geography and history specialist. He was a state geography champion in sixth grade and a history B champion. So he, he just had all of the dots in his head that he could connect things to. So anytime there was a geography or a history question, I knew with John it was ours. We were going to power it, and it was ours. And Rhea, as a sixth grader, was also a geography expert but as a sixth grader realized, she was never going to supplant John in that role. So she did something that you don't imagine a sixth grader to, to do with the kind of maturity. A lot of maturity. Right. Where she said, okay, I'll do science instead and became our X factor. Uh, so we had a science expert uh, that was one of the best players in the country. And then there was Maya, who was such a great diplomat and could could listen to her teammates and make make sound decisions uh and on top of that be a literature and art expert so as far as the academic categories the four big ones geography history science and literature we had it all covered that team in that final against longfellow i heard you had a bonus to give in that final ken we missed a batman bonus so i don't know how the some total of their knowledge did not include that Bruce Wayne was Batman, but we didn't know that Bruce Wayne was Batman. We were able to punt on a lot of trash questions and uh, still end up as national champions. So trash is the category that we call anything that doesn't fall into those those four big categories that Ken mentioned earlier. So often it's um, video games, music, popular, current events, uh, social media related things. Uh, you'd be amazed how many questions uh you know a, a pretty intelligent group of kids can still miss or what they get really excited about knowing they oh, got yeah. the shakira question and they go crazy oh yeah uh, and hamilton is you know legendary right so ken i i wonder about um what other results did you have that year with the same team playing with the same a-team roster so this was the first or second year, maybe the second year, we started playing in some high school tournaments. We played in local middle school tournaments, and we were clearly the class of the region. And so we started playing in some high school tournaments to play some better uh, competition 
and we did okay. We would we'd make the playoffs and and be in the upper bracket, and then we get our butts handed to us by the better high school teams. Um, but we decided, you know, there there are some really good schools a little further away, and we're going to do what we can to go play them. And one of them was Longfellow. You know, Longfellow has been good for years, so. We knew that they were going to the Centennial Tournament in Maryland on a, on a Sunday. So we got John and Maya and two of our other top eighth graders, Skylar and Jack, and we drove down to Maryland and played them. And uh, we didn't see the buzzsaw that was Justin Young and Longfellow coming. So we met them in the playoffs. We were both undefeated. We met them in the finals. And... Uh, we had never met Justin Young before, and he, he beat us up pretty good. He and Will uh, beat us up pretty good. And that ride home, I'm sitting with my assistant coach, Barbara, and we were pretty much silent every 30 minutes or so, because it's a long ride. It's like a you know five-hour trip from Maryland back to Connecticut. Every 30 minutes or so, one of us would just say, well, we just have to go back to the drawing board. We just have to. We just have to come up with something else for these guys to do. Um, it, it, it was. It was surprising. I didn't expect to lose, and I didn't expect to lose the way we did to uh, to a team like that. Uh, turns out, we ended up playing Longfellow a few more times that year. Uh, one time we we played them, they didn't have Justin, and we beat them. And one time we played them, they didn't have Will, their captain, and we beat them. So. We thought, okay, when we see them again at MSNCT, both teams will finally be at full strength. We'll have Rhea, our science expert. They'll have Justin and Will, and we'll see how it works. Well, we run into them in round five at MSNCT on Saturday, and the game's not close. They they, they crush us. And so I'm like, all right, okay, they got us, and let's get back on the horse. We won the rest of our matches that day. And then we get into the, the playoffs on Sunday. And uh, we're on basically we're on opposite sides of the draw. We keep winning. They keep winning. Eventually they run into Churchill from California. And I, I still don't know what happened, but Churchill was able to beat them. And, you know, we, we run into good teams. We played um, Miami Valley and we played uh, the pioneers. We played Shiva. He was a sixth grader, but we we played them. And uh, so we kept winning. We were at one point, uh, undefeated, and Longfellow had one loss, and we were guaranteed a spot in the finals, which was pretty cool. So we were going to finish our best finish ever. We knew that. And if we, so we were playing Longfellow again, and if we beat them, we knock them out. If they beat us, we're still in the finals. It uh, just so it's an advantage final. Right. It wouldn't be yeah. an advantage final, and they would still have to play again. And we play, and they beat us again. And I know our kids are getting really you know, down on themselves now. Well, our, we, our secret weapon, one of our players, uh, Shreya, who was on our B team, taught our A team some meditation skills and really calmed them down. And I, I don't overlook any detail that led to us winning nationals. So I would s- put a big circle on what Shreya did to help calm the kids down because uh, it worked. Now, right before the match started against Longfellow the first time, I, I told the kids, we were here last year against Keeling. We played Keeling three times in that tournament in Dallas. The first two times we beat them, 
And then the third time, we just couldn't get it done. So it's very difficult for one school to beat another school three times in, in one nationals tournament. And lo and behold, it, it worked for us. You know, it, it was it was a really close match, obviously, going down to the last question, but it worked for us. So was it John, our history and geography expert, who got that question about Charlemagne? Well, uh, let me let me tell you something about let me tell you something about that. So right before we leave, I send an email out to our staff at Middlesex and uh, just letting the teachers know where we're going and who's going. And, you know, in case they see the kids to, you know, wish them good luck or something. But I actually said in the email, if you see these kids, do not wish them good luck. They don't need luck. They've worked all year. They've worked harder than any other kid in the country. They don't need luck. They need karma. Because if things go the way they're supposed to go, we will come home national champions. So if you see these kids, don't wish them good luck, wish them good karma. Now, fast forward to Sunday afternoon. Toss of 24. uh, Up to toss of 24. Now, we actually were up by a significant amount going into toss of 22. So whatever the score was, I knew that if we got one of those three right, we were going to be national champs. And one question was a quasi-science question, and Rhea, my science expert, took a chance and gave an answer that was close but wasn't correct. And, of course, Longfellow picks it up and sweeps the bonus. And then the next one uh, goes you know, to the point where it's for 10 points and becomes a little bit of a buzzer race, but I feel like I don't know if my guys knew it, but Longfellow did and swept the bonus. 80 points closer. So, so now we're at toss-up 24, and... I'm thinking, all right, maybe we could use a little luck. I, I lean over to Barbara and I said, okay, I changed my mind. We can use a little luck. You know, how about a nice Argentinian geography question for John, whose family is from South America, or, uh, you know, an art question for Maya, our captain, or just, you know, another pure science question for Rhea, or the other girl up there, Grace, who's now the captain of Darien High School. How about a Tom Brady question for Grace? You know, something, just something that's, that'll just put it in the bag. This kid, Justin Young, just his knowledge of military history scared me. It scared me. I'm a grown man, and it scared me. So I was just hoping for anything but military history. And how did it start? This man defeated Desiderius to conquer the Lombard people. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's some military history, and Maya rings in. Now, you listen to that clip. You can hear there isn't that much of a pause in between when Maya rang in and gave her answer. But when you're sitting in the audience and you're watching your four kids that you've invested so much time and effort and energy into, like kids who you, you know, are a part of you, that buzz to when she gave an answer, that took forever. I could have sworn that the entire Holy Roman Emperor uh, Empire rose and fell in that time period. Obviously, it was less than two seconds because mm-hmm. she didn't get called for time. And she gave an answer, and it was correct. And uh, magic. Yeah, you can hear the room erupt, really. It's, <laughs> uh, there's no toss of 25, so... 
that's it. That's it's uh, that's let, all you've got. Let me also say something. That clip is on YouTube. My favorite part of that clip is the reaction from Jake Shue on Longfellow because he notices, you know, he knows as soon as Maya answers, that's it. They've won. And he has this moment of, I can't believe we lost. We came so close. And after a second, it turns into him looking at our team and clapping. He was legitimately happy for us. And, you know, we talked about maturity. That's, that is a mature thing to do for a 12, 13, 14 year old kid to realize, you know, I fell just short, but these guys won and I'm going to give them their due. I, I, always point that out to anybody who watches the video because it's really impressive and longfellow is still our rival to this day well they're they're led by i think the best coach in the country and eugene wong he's i i think he's forgotten more about quiz bowl than than most people will ever know so obviously our audience uh, if you're a quiz bowl player or a coach you want to get to that same place you want to have that feeling of winning nationals you want to be able to to sometimes bore other people with your stories of of uh, winning nationals and and all the things that went up to it. So, Ken, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what does it take? What does it take for a team to win the MSNCT nationals? Well, you know, I've only done it once, so I can tell you the recipe. So far, so far, once so far, once, once so far. So I've, I can, I, I've been close. I, I feel like this is the part where I, I try to say I, I'm not bad either. You know, I, no, I only, we, we, we did. We came very close the following year. We came in uh, third the yeah, following year. Yeah, that was and, a fantastic And last team. year, fifth and eighth. Yeah, that, uh, that third place team played one of the best games I've ever seen of Quiz Bowl where they were completely down. Uh, I remember kind of holding my head in my hands, watching them play. It was the half and... They were trailing by so much. It was. Uh, I I remember saying they probably have a, a five percent chance to win this match, and I don't know what it was that Ken said to them. I don't know what it was that Barbara. It was said the to answers. Them. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was not the answers. No. Uh, that would explain it because uh, for the next ten questions, they were untouchable. They they uh, said the answer before they even you know could think of uh, of doubting themselves really, and they stood strong through what was a lot of pressure. It was it was very similar to the moment that you described. But I'll tell you, that group, that was Alex Del Vecchio and Finn Curly and uh, Iman Anbarji, Vincent and Will, uh, they also worked very hard. They And they had the uh, maybe fortune or unfortune of having to practice against John, Maya, and Rhea for, for two years. So your original question, what does it take I'm going to give you what, what my best guess is. It takes kids that are willing to do what it takes. It takes kids that are going to practice twice a day, every day, and not just show up. Actually come in, work, and leave a better quiz bowl player. When I run practices with my kids, occasionally I have to talk to them about going through the motions. So coaches, I don't know how many of you coach other things, but I used to coach softball. And I, I would draw an analogy to a, a girl doing tee work. And, you know, you have, so imagine you have two girls who are up there on a tee 
and one of them is just putting the ball on there and swinging, put a ball swing, put a ball swing, just trying to get through as many swings as she can. Whereas the other one puts the ball on a tee, sets her feet, makes sure her feet are in the right spot, checks her hands, makes sure her makes sure that her elbow is is up and and she's balanced, takes a swing, makes sure she drove through the ball, looks at at her feet after she swings, just just checks every detail. Now, the first one, yeah, she'll get through 100 balls while the second one might only get through 20. But I think we both know who got more out of that drill. So I talked to the kids about going through the motions. Yeah, you're showing up to practice. Yeah, you're pressing a buzzer when you know something. But are you writing down the things that you don't know? Are you going back and looking over those things that you don't know? Are you going and looking up more about the stuff that you didn't know? Yeah, there's there's something in psychology called deliberate practice, uh, and I I always see the the glint in your or Barbara's eye when there's a sixth grader that kind of gets it, and you, you say uh, in a couple of years they're going to be in the eighteen. Oh yeah, it's it's almost abundantly clear to us when sixth graders come in and they're just all about the process. So they know they're not as good as the eighth graders. They can't be. They they're two years behind. They they've missed. You know they they don't have two years of schooling. But, but when they're as, as gung-ho as some of the eighth graders are, yeah, we, we can see it. So what do you do if you're a, a parent or a coach, Ken? I know you're both, uh, but, you know, Calvin and Ellie are too young to be on our squad yet. Yet. Uh, but what do you do if you're a parent or a coach and you want to promote that kind of attitude towards Quiz Bowl? Or? Yeah, you know, it certainly has to stay fun. The, the kids who are learning have to stay fun. But I will say at some point, and I tell the kids this too, if you're really serious about this, there is a point where it stops being fun and starts being a job. Mm. And maybe that's not what coaches and players want to hear, but it's true. At some point you realize you're doing something to get better and it's not necessarily fun. You're writing notes down, you're, you're taking copious notes and it's not fun, but you know, you're doing this to get better. You know what's fun? Winning. Winning is fun. I always see the look on kids' faces when, after studying with us, working with us, they, they go to maybe their first tournament of the year. Maybe it's Charter Oak. And they start winning. And they go, oh, this is why we do that. Right. And they'll play against, or they'll play against another school that destroys them. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, okay, well, what do we do? What do we do to be them? Mm-hmm. You know? So... Yes, you want to instill in them that this is this is something that is fun that they can they can use out outside of quiz bowl and in the classroom and all of that. But it 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 takes a mindset of the kids. So I'm I'm guessing if you're a player listening to this and you really are set on getting better and uh, and and climbing to the to the top and and being a national champion, uh, it you have to put in the work. There there isn't an easy formula. Uh, and I can tell you with working with John and Maya and Rhea f- for three years, you know, we lost for two of those years. And even in that third year, we still lost. But we knew we just had to work more. We had to work harder. I think the the fun element is one reason why uh, we're such advocates of specialization. Uh, when a kid really loves military history, like you were mentioning, uh, it, it stops being such a, a difficult thing for them. They're 
this is what they're naturally attracted to. And I think I see the same every year with students who love math or science or English and literature. Uh, uh, please send us students who love poetry and love music, because uh, those are th- questions and, and categories that always come up in Quiz Bowl. True, but I'll tell you, you typically, the the real the top play the players that can be terminators the players that can play on their own the, I think for the most part they start in geography and history because you know we have our our assistant coach Barbara who always says geography isn't everything and so is in, so is history so if you have that base of geography and history it's easy for you to you know go outwards and and start building a net by Okay, so these are the poets. Where are they from? What is he talking about in the poem? Oh, that's a geographical feature from where he's from. Okay, I can connect the two now. Or, okay, where is this scientist from? What were they experimenting on? Okay, that makes sense because they they were from this country. I think it's tough to compete with starting out with uh, where everything is and the history of where everything was. Right. That's a, that's a pretty tough place to... That to... seems like you already do have a pretty good depth of knowledge at that point. Yeah. So uh, uh, I mentioned parents earlier. What would you say for parents who want their kids to be the best quiz bowl players they can be? Yeah, you know, there's there's certain there's certainly a line, and I'm a new parent, so I, I don't I don't know where that line is. And even if I did, it works for my kid. It won't work for yours. But, you know, but there's a line between you want to push them and you don't want to push them too much. And I'll say Darian has the best parents. I love our parents. Oh. Our parents make our quiz bowl program so so easy to run i absolutely agree with you it's it's so immediately obvious to me as someone who's new to the program how much we wouldn't be able to do this without their support and their help agreed but they want what's best for their kid they want you know they want their kid to improve so so what parents can do is you know if you instill that love of learning if you're taking your kids to museums and um you know even after you you watch something you talk to them about it you know, to kind of share your worldliness with them, that helps. Uh, but, you know, if, if a kid wants to be on an A-team or wants to improve their, uh, their play as a parent, yeah, you can encourage that. And when they're doing something that is counterproductive, you can get on their case. You can mm-hmm. say, I don't, I don't see how this helps you get on the A-team. Mm-hmm. So right now, yeah, you're, you're playing Fortnite. I don't see how that helps you get on the A team. I, I can tell you right now, John Phipps. I I would be surprised if he's ever played a minute of Fortnite. Uh, Civilization, maybe. Perhaps, but I, I and I do encourage people to play Civilization. I do love Civilization, but in terms of just wasting time, you know, watching videos of. of people play Fortnite. I don't even know what people watch videos of anymore. <laughs> that's why it's that's not why, cat videos anymore. That's why I'm here. Right. Thank, for the, thank you. The youth angle. So what what are they watching videos of? I I'll say uh it's it's entertainment purely. It's it hasn't changed in that regard. It's um spending an hour watching something on Netflix that uh you know isn't a documentary, doesn't really have any kind of factual information. So like The Office. Exactly. Right. Yeah. If you're if you're rewatching The Office for the ninth time I'll tell you, I think I've only ever heard maybe one office question in a packet, and it was a it was kind of a momentous occasion, and everyone racing to get it. So it's it's uh, it's going to be tough to to get that rewarded. Right. So as a parent, I don't think there's anything wrong with encouraging your kid to 
do things that make them better quiz bowl players, even if that's not what they want to do at, at the moment. So as a coach, you're wondering, how does it, how do you become national champions? I, I will say it's, it's a lot more of the kids than it is you. And if you're a player, I hope you heard what I just said. It's a lot more you than your coaches. And uh, it's, it's all driven by how much you want it. One of the reasons why I love quiz bowl is I feel like it's uh, the most competitive form of teaching. It's almost like uh, when I sit across from another coach, like how well did they teach their kids versus how well did I teach my kids? Like when there's a question that a student turns around and uh, gives me a look and a thumbs up when they get a, a really tough English bonus, right? Or really tough English power. Uh, and I know that I, I, ranted and raved about something uh, that, you know, for me, uh, English is my category. I teach English. Uh, so I, I glance at non-English questions every once in a while when Ken makes me. But uh, we're really fortunate to, uh, to have coaches that uh, Ken is a math teacher. Barbara uh, is a specialist in geography and history, and, and I teach English. So we have a pretty good coverage. But uh, I definitely feel like Quiz Bowl is like a really pure form of, of teaching. You know, I'll also say that a national champion is a mindset. And when we started the year, we started with our goal-setting meeting. And I talked to the kids about the different types of goals, you know, performance goals versus, you know, goals that you're, you're a little bit more in, in control of. Um, you know, when you're talking about ways you're going to, what you're going to do to get better practice number certain times a week right precisely but i broke the group up into three different groups and i had one of our captains in each group and i asked to to come up with well what do you think realistically our goals are as a team and they talked people came up with their own goals individually and then they talked as a team and the only three people in the room that were willing to make it their goal of being national champions were our three captains. I think everyone else was, yeah, maybe we'll win some tournaments. It might be nice to finish in the top 10. But no, John, Maya, and Rhea all said, we're going to be national champions. So they had that in their head from the beginning. And that, in my mind, separated them from everybody else that that we had to play that year with the exception of maybe justin he still scares me yeah uh, so quiz bowl even has a way built in to reward planning and, and getting things early locking in your answer early well it sounds like you're talking about powering a question yeah if you if you answer a question in the first couple of words or before a certain uh, line is read then you get 15 points instead of 10 i'm pretty sure the people listening to this podcast know that and perhaps have powered a question or two but we want to help you power some more. The guys at For 10 Points want to help you answer for 15 points. Power a question with this episode's buzz phrase. This episode's buzz phrase is inspired by the aforementioned Toss-Up 24. This was Toss-Up 24 of Packet 23 of the 2016 MSNCT. This man defeated Desiderius to conquer the Lombard people, is how the question begins, and it goes on to mention the Treaty of Verdun, his father Pepin the Short, and that he was crowned the first Holy Roman Emperor. 
Most serious quiz bowlers will know that Charlemagne, the king of the Franks, was the first Holy Roman Emperor, crowned Christmas Day in the year 800. But the buzz phrase here is Desiderius and the Lombard people. In the 8th century AD, Desiderius was king of the Lombard people. In 770, Desiderius' daughter, Desiderata, was married to Charlemagne in hopes of easing tensions between the Lombards and the Franks. Unfortunately, things didn't work out, and the marriage was annulled in 771. Desiderius was insulted that his daughter was returned to him. Worried about growing antagonism between the Lombards and the Franks, the papacy sought the protection of Charlemagne and his army. This all comes to a head with the 774 Siege of Pavia. Desiderius fortified his troops in the Lombard capital, but the Frankish army had them completely surrounded. The battle would have ended quickly if Charlemagne had siege weapons, but they were a little unprepared. Desiderius, on the other hand, was stuck inside Pavia with dwindling food supplies while Charlemagne occupied his countryside. After ten months in the face of starvation, Desiderius was forced to open the gates and surrender to Charlemagne. Upon accepting his surrender, Charlemagne claimed the title of King of the Franks and Lombards. The Lombards were widely considered the biggest threat to the papacy in Rome. So the stage was set for Charlemagne, the newly minted protector of the papacy, to be crowned Holy Roman Emperor. So the next time you hear a question that begins with an allusion to Desiderius and the Lombard people, take a chance, buzz in, and go with Charlemagne. Definitely worked for us, Ken. Uh, I just want to end with a big thank you to parents, the players, uh, and if you want to get in contact with us, we can do that at uh, 410points at gmail.com. There's F-O-R-1-0 points at gmail.com. And Ken, you've got a Twitter that people can reach you at if they're interested in your, your Mets commentary or asking any questions about Quiz Bowl. Sure. So it's, I am at MMSQBCoach, at MMSQBCoach. And if they shout loudly enough at you, Ken, maybe you'll, you'll show me some of the some of the tweets they tweet at you sure uh so thank you very much everyone uh, we're not actually sure where it is that you're listening to this but we are immensely grateful uh, you might be listening to this on soundcloud you might be listening to this on ken's twitter uh there might be uh, some stitcher involved we're not 100 percent sure but uh we are very grateful to you for listening to our first episode please make sure to subscribe if that is an option uh and we look forward to giving you more of this great quiz bowl content how do you feel about it ken our first episode is out there Yeah, man, it's out there. It's in the books. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. Hopefully, whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve, we have helped you get better. For Ken Romeo, uh, this is Andrew Turiago. See you guys next time.